The scripture reading this morning is Acts 11, verse 1 to 18, which is found on page 1711 in your pew Bible. Acts 11, 1 to 18. Peter explains his actions. The apostles and the brothers throughout Judea heard that the Gentiles also had received the word of God. So when Peter went up to Jerusalem, the circumcised believers criticized him and said, You went into the house of uncircumcised men and ate with them. Peter began and explained everything to them precisely as it had happened. I was in the city of Joppa praying, and in a trance I saw a vision. I saw something like a large sheet being let down from heaven by its four corners, and it came down to where I was. I looked into it and saw four-footed animals of the earth, wild beasts, reptiles, and birds of the air. Then I heard a voice telling me, Get up, Peter, kill and eat. I replied, Surely not, Lord. Nothing impure or unclean has ever entered my mouth. The voice spoke from heaven a second time, Do not call anything impure that God has made clean. This happened three times, and then it was all pulled up to heaven again. Right then, three men who had been sent to me from Caesarea stopped at the house where I was staying. The Spirit told me to have no hesitation about going with them. These six brothers also went with me, and we entered the man's house. He told us how he had seen an angel appear appear in his house and say, Send to Joppa for Simon, who is called Peter. He will bring you a message through which you and all your household will be saved. As I began to speak, the Holy Spirit came on them, as he had come on us at the beginning. Then I remembered what the Lord had said, John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So if God gave them the same gift as he gave us, who believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I to think that I could oppose God? When they heard this, they had no further objections and praised God, saying, So then, God has granted even the Gentiles repentance unto life. Father, we're here this morning to worship you, to praise you, to to also hear your word. And Lord, we've we've heard your word. We've sung your word. Lord, may, may your word, especially these words which have just been read, may they make their way deep down into our hearts and souls and minds, that they may shape us and form us more and more into who you've created us to be. And I pray that the words which will now be spoken, may they be your words and not mine. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Have you ever met somebody that your first impression was, I can't stand this person and there's no way I can ever, ever be friends with them? I have. I meet lots of people. And there are some people who just right away just kind of turn you off. And I know that I probably turn them off too. 
I know who I am. Okay. But I've also had opportunities to get to know some of these people and then discover that we have way more in common than I ever would have first thought. And some of them have become good friends as well. Sometimes we get some really funny ideas about other people. And that's kind of what's going on in this story here. But it really, it really struck home to me on a mission trip to Boston with a group of young people. And as part of that mission trip, we had to go downtown Boston. And we handed out food and we handed out uh, some, some women's hygiene stuff, clean socks, things like that. Things that people on the street generally don't have. And we told the kids that you can't just give stuff to people. Introduce yourself. Share your first name with them. Ask them who they are. Get to know them as people. If you have an opportunity, listen to their stories as well. So we're walking through the, the downtown area of Boston, and all of a sudden, a young man comes flying down the street, yelling, Pastor Jake, Pastor Jake. And all my adrenaline gets going, and I look to see if there's anything wrong. And, and he says, I, I met somebody, and he wants to meet you. Come on, come on, come with me. So followed him, and he led me to this couple who are sitting in a doorway. And they have a dog with them. And he says, this man wants to, to pray for you. And I, and I turned to this, to this couple. And the guy gets up, and, and the first thing you notice about him and his, his girlfriend or, or wife, I'm not quite sure, is, is tattoos all up and down his arms covering his neck. And he smelt. And he'd been on the street for a while. And he had obviously been drinking as well. You could smell that too. And he gives me a big, big bear hug. And he says, thank you. Thank you for letting these kids know that we're people too. And then he stopped and he prayed. And he prayed a blessing on our mission team. When he was done praying, the girl goes into her backpack and pulls out a Bible. She says, we read this every day. We don't understand lots of it, and some of the stories don't always make sense, but we love the stories of Jesus. We love the stories of Jesus because he loved everybody. We've been into churches, and we never feel like we're wanted or accepted. Yeah, we don't look good, we don't smell good. But we want to know more about who Jesus is. When we told the mission team that evening, as we were all together, there was a lot of them that found it really hard to believe that somebody living on the street, somebody who obviously has alcohol and, and drug issues, who's tatted all the way up and down, that they could really be Christians. And I remember one of the leaders from another church saying, I have family like that. They love God, but life gets in their way. It's kind of what's going on here in a similar way with Peter. 
Peter is gone, and he's gone to a Gentile. He's gone into their home. He's eaten with, with this Gentile and their family. Now, now, the Gentiles and Jews, they were different. Gentiles could eat everything. They could eat bacon. Jews couldn't eat bacon. But there was also this, this impression that the Jews had that Gentiles were unclean. So they were unacceptable to God. And Peter says, hey, this wasn't from me. This was from God. I was sitting there minding my own business, praying to God, and then he gives me this vision. And, and, and this, in this vision, is this sheet, and all these animals, they're all mixed up, and, and they're not all clean animals. And because there's unclean animals in there, that made them all unclean. Just like you think I'm unclean now because I went into a Gentile's home. And I told, and then I heard a voice saying, you know, kill and eat. And I said, no way, Lord. There ain't no way I'm going to do that. I've never done that. And then, then the Lord says, hey, don't call anything impure that I've made clean. And this happened three times. And then right after that, men come to the door and, and they say, hey, come with us. And the Lord says, go with them. I wasn't sure where I was going. But I ended up at a Gentile's place. A Gentile who knows God. But he didn't know Jesus yet. And then he asked to be baptized when he found out about who Jesus was. How am I going to say no? Especially when I felt the Holy Spirit at work. Now the Jews, they rejoiced. But it didn't come without a, a whole lot of angst, a whole lot of them and us kind of thinking. They were wondering, can Gentiles really be believers? You know, they're not God's chosen people. How can that be? And that's actually pretty common. It comes down to them and us kind of thinking. It comes down to putting barriers between ourselves and other people. And, and that's right from the very beginning. As soon as Adam and Eve messed up and, and they did what God told them not to do, the first thing they do is they hide from God and they put clothes on to kind of hide themselves from each other. Barriers are so, so normal and so, so sad. Even Jesus faced that kind of thinking in Luke, Luke 5, Jewish leaders come up to him and uh, up to the, the disciples and they complain to the disciples, why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? You know, if, you're, if your rabbi is really, you know, from God, he, he wouldn't want to make himself unclean with those people. And it made me think this week, are there people here in Lacombe in this area that we sometimes think don't really belong? That we really don't want to, to be with? 
that their stuff is just too much? We don't say these things out loud. We've all wrestled with those thoughts, though. But the Lord's words, those words got to me this week. Don't call anything impure that God has made clean. Made me think back to creation. What's the one thing that gets repeated over and over and over again in the story of creation? That is good. And then when God creates humanity, gives them life by breathing his breath, his, his spirit into them to give them life, turns and says it's very good. I love the smarty story. We're the same inside. We look at people too often with them and us eyes. What happens when we look at them with them and us eyes is we stop looking at them as beloved of God. And I wonder if sometimes we forget that they are created in the image of God. God creates a creature in his own image that reflects him, that gives creation a glimpse of who he is through that creature, that person. There is no human being on earth that God doesn't care for, whom God hasn't invested himself in with his spirit. Life itself comes from his breath. What shocks the circumcised believers is not only that Peter ate with these Gentiles, but that Peter baptizes them. Because that means that now those people are us. They're no longer them. And for, for those believers, that's not how things work. See, those words of the Lord, don't call anything impure that God has made clean, is a way of looking at people. Jesus cares so much about people that he dies for them. He dies for everyone, even though not everyone receives that gift of forgiveness, that gift of grace. But Jesus still loves them deeply. That's what drives us to invite others to join us in following Jesus and see people through the eyes of Jesus and the lens of, of grace. See, Lord's words point to the cross and what Jesus has done for everybody there. Jesus' death was not just for the Jewish people. His shed blood washes all those who believe in him clean from their sins. He brings and offers life transformation to everybody. John 3.16 is not just about Jewish people. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son 
is whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. We see, we see what Paul reminds us of in, in, in Timothy, that, that the Lord desires that no one is lost and for all to be saved. We see this in the life of Jesus. Jesus encounters a Samaritan woman, an outsider. An outsider not only to the Jews, but an outsider to her own people because her life is all messed up. He touches a leper. We go, wow, that's kind of cool that he touches a leper. But the people around him would have been horrified because now he made himself unacceptable to God. What they didn't realize is that Jesus makes the unclean clean. He heals the unhealable. The woman caught in adultery. All they want to do is stone her and make Jesus look bad. Jesus defends her. He picks her up by the hand. He says, is anybody condemning you? She goes, no. He says, I don't either. But don't sin no more. You know, go from here. He hangs out with tax collectors who cheat the people. People can't stand tax collectors. Do you have any tax collectors who are your best friends? Especially this time of year? But Jesus goes to Zacchaeus says, I'm going to eat at your house today. He calls Matthew to be one of his disciples. Jesus is always reaching out to those on the fringes, reaching out to those who are considered unacceptable, reaching out to the other, to the them. And he keeps saying, come to me. I want you. I love you. I died for you. Let's take a, a look at a video from Right Now Media called The Mission of the Church.
We are God's plan. We are the hope of the world. That's what the church is. Because we carry the message of Jesus everywhere. Even to those we've, we might not care for, might not love. When I was getting to know Bethel through the search process, what struck me about Bethel was how much you care about people. When the people I talked to talked about the circle of friends, eyes shone. I could see your heart beat. When I talked with the youth with the youth leaders, and they talked about how we only have a few youth, but our youth is packed because they keep inviting everybody. And how much your youth leaders care about the youth. Talked with a young man. Oh, and he's, he's talking about how he meets with other men to study the scripture and how Jesus changes lives. Your heart is Jesus' heart, and that's what led us here. You also said you weren't quite sure how to take next steps in reaching people. And I thought, just maybe God can use me to walk together in finding new ways of, of bringing Jesus to the people of Lacombe in this area. You have Jesus' heart. But just because we have Jesus' heart, we still have fear. We still have times where we say, I don't know if I can reach out to that person. They're so different. They believe so differently than I do, than we do. Jesus said, I died for them too. God says, I created them too in my image. We live in a world that says, if somebody believes in a different God, respect them. And I say, yeah, respect them, but they still need to know Jesus. The world doesn't want to hear there's the only way to God is through Jesus. And that's why we're here. That's why God's placed us here. Jesus' mission is all about people about going deeper inside of us, helping us through the Holy Spirit to become more and more who, who God's created us to be. But it's also to be used to bring hope and compassion, forgiveness and grace, acceptance and hope into a world that desperately needs Jesus, even though many of them don't even realize that yet. And it starts by praying. By praying for the people in your life right now who need Jesus. Who need us? Asking for eyes to see them and ears to hear their needs. And even greater hearts of compassion. Asking God to help us to put our own wants aside. Asking for eyes to see them like Jesus does. And then pray for opportunities to bless them. To get to know them. 
to see the opportunities to invite them to join us in our own journeys of following Jesus. And it may start off by just having them over to your place for a barbecue or for coffee. It may be just about going to McDonald's and having a coffee and talking. But asking for opportunities to to share Jesus with them. But remember, you don't have to do it alone. That's why God's put us in church together. So that when we have times where we say, I don't know if I can do this, we can turn to somebody and say, come with me, help me. Give me the courage. But knowing as well that the Holy Spirit's right there. Saying when you don't have the words to speak, that's okay, because I'll give you what you need. But it starts with that heart of Peter that was willing to be led by God. A heart that cared about Cornelius and his family. A heart that cares because Jesus cares. Amen. Father, thank you for for your scripture that show us how important people are to you. And Lord, while our knowledge of you is, is so important, Lord, we also need your heart. So Lord, as we go from here, pray that we may have your heart that we may have your eyes and your ears to see and to hear the opportunities you give us to share you into this beautiful city and into all these people who still need to accept you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.